It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it's bad news and it's good news. The bad news is Mitch Hanniger broke his forearm in this game tonight and J.D. Davis sprained his ankle. The good news, the Giants had a blowout win of the Cardinals, uh, absolutely destroying them. A lot of great things happened in the game. And top prospect Luis Matos, this is the opportunity that he'd been waiting for. You hate to see it with an injury, but we're probably going to see Matos because of the forearm break of Mitch Hanniger. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first list and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And please hit that subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, like I said, there's bad news and there's good news. And it's like, where do I start? I, I say I start with the bad news simply because it's the biggest news, which is that Mitch Hanniger was hit by a pitch in the right forearm. He kind of checked his swing and the, the you know, forearm kind of moved right into the ball as it was coming in and it nailed him and he was in a ton of pain. It was obvious right away that it was pretty serious and he came out of the game and this was one pitch, literally one pitch after J.D. Davis came out of the game. Uh, actually, he was called out after a replay review, so we don't know if he would have. I assume he would have come out of the game because he stayed out of the game anyway afterwards, but he rolled his ankle, and the official diagnosis for J.D. Davis is a right ankle sprain, but it's a right forearm fracture for Mitch Hanniger, and that's obviously the bigger deal. And, you know, I time will tell exactly how much time he's going to miss, but obviously it's at least... I mean, it's at least uh, several weeks. And so Luis Matos becomes just an obvious candidate to be called up, promoted to the major leagues. We've been talking for, you know, multiple weeks now about how there's he couldn't be doing more to be making his case to be on the major league roster. And yet there just wasn't room. And these are not, you know, you can't. You can't just like send down a Mitch Hanniger or a Michael Conforto. You could with a, you know, Mike Yastrzemski, but he he doesn't deserve it. And we saw it tonight. Opposite field home run against a lefty. Great defense in center field he's been playing. And so there just frankly wasn't room, but now there is. And so, you know, uh, both David VR, a third baseman in you know, the in case JD Davis has to go on the IL, and Luis Matos for Hanniger were pulled from their game tonight, uh, which was actively going on in Sugarland, Texas. 
and and so they were pulled and are very likely headed to St. Louis. So it's fortunate, I suppose, that they were in Sugarland, Texas, which I think is pretty close, relatively speaking, to uh, St. Louis. As I'm actually looking at a map right now, zooming out. Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly where Sugarland is, but. St. Louis is near, obviously, Texas more so than Sacramento. So it's a relatively short flight, and I would imagine Luis Matos is going to be on it, as as perhaps will David Villar. Look, it's like Mitch Hanniger wasn't having a great start to his season, and so you hate to say it, but like if anybody was to come out to be replaced by Matos, a lot of people would probably pick Hanniger. And so it's almost like as fate would have it that Hanniger, look, I, I strongly believed in him coming back and just being the well above average player he's always been. And there's no guarantee that Luis Matos will have success in the major leagues, but he almost certainly now is going to get that opportunity. And it's going to be a real opportunity. Like, I don't think just like how Bailey and Schmidt, like, at least at first, Schmidt kind of played his way into a platoon by not playing well recently at the plate in particular. Not, you know, he's been good on defense, but at the plate kind of played his way into a platoon. Bailey's played his way into an everyday role when he's when his neck is not bothering him. But Matos, good defender. He hit he was he literally hit another home run in this game tonight that he was pulled from in the middle of in order to get on a plane to come to St. Louis. So he was already having ridiculous success in AAA. Entering tonight's game, he was hitting 396. He had a 434 on base, a 660 slugging, six homers, six steals, uh, 158 weighted uh, runs created plus. And all those numbers are going up because he went one for two with a homer before he was pulled from the game tonight. And so... He's an outfielder. He is 21 years old. He, uh, I heard if he does, in fact, make his debut, he will be the second youngest position player in the major leagues behind only Jordan Walker, who is in the Cardinals lineup every night, who is also 21 years old. So it's exciting. He was considered a like top 30 or 40 prospect a couple years ago after his performance in low A. And then last year, injuries and underperformance kind of knocked him off of people's, you know, top 100 lists and all that. But then he just tore it up in double A. They, you know, a, a level he had never played at before this year. He started there this year, tore it up, had a quick promotion to triple A and has just gotten even hotter and now he's going to probably make his major league debut in the morning tomorrow. I'm doing like an emergency podcast here the night of the game in which Hanniger got hurt. So you may be listening to this in the morning on Wednesday. And I would imagine Luis Matos is going to be in the lineup, probably in center field. I believe they're facing a lefty. Uh, yes, they are. And so you'll probably see Slater in left and Matos in center field tomorrow as the Giants take on the Cardinals. So uh, hopefully, I mean, Hanniger is like out for sure, but hopefully J.D. Davis is able to avoid any kind of lengthy absence because unlike Mitch Hanniger, J.D. Davis has been consistent and consistently really, really good for the Giants. And so look, I do not wish, do not wish this injury on Hanniger. I was 
optim- very optimistic about his chances of turning his season around. He had a big game yesterday. But J.D. Davis, I mean, he's been kind of carrying the team along with some others, but he's been so good. So hopefully that ankle sprain turns out to be relatively minor and doesn't cause him to miss a bunch of time. So coming up in just a minute, we're, we're going to flip you know, turn the page a little bit and just get into some of the details of this game. The Giants pounding the Cardinals 11 to 3 and improving their position and gaining a little separation from that 500 mark. So we will get into that in greater detail in just a minute. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't have to be so stressful. And for me, As a ticket buyer on previous websites that I've used, it was always a stressful event. I've traveled a lot to watch the Giants on the road. And one of the things that bugs me is not knowing what the view is like from the seat. Like you look at the chart and it's like if you're not familiar with it, then maybe you're not aware of like the level, how high is it, you know, stuff like that. And so with game time, you get images of seat views and you also get the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the lowest price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. As promised, we're going to get into, you know, trying to forget about the negative parts of tonight's game. Although, like I said, those do come with some positives in a roundabout way. I know a lot of people have wanted, you know, been clamoring for Luis Matos and now you're you're almost certainly going to get him. But it comes at the expense of a fractured forearm. So that stinks, in my, my opinion. But it like it had to be an injury. Otherwise, they'd maybe make a trade or something to clear uh, space for him. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers on uh, Thursday on the show, we're going to be breaking down Luis Matos's MLB debut, almost certainly. And can the Giants complete a sweep here and continue to gain some separation from that 500 mark? The Giants play the Cardinals at 10:15 uh, a.m. on Wednesday, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So to get more into this game, it was a Alex Cobb start. He was not particularly sharp. The first inning was very stressful. He only, once again, just like his last start in Colorado, he gave up a couple. I mean, in Colorado, he gave up four runs in the first inning and then nothing after that. And tonight uh, he gave up two runs in the first inning and then nothing after that. But uh, he, he was fighting himself big time in that first inning. It could have been worse. And, you know, the giants had put two runs on the board in the, in the top of the first, a big double by Michael Conforto scored a couple runs. I think they were both scored on that Michael Conforto double. And so, yeah, I mean, Alex Cobb kind of getting through that first inning without letting it get out of hand or, you know, it easily one swing could have been like five to two Cardinals in that first inning. And and Cobb was really walking the tightrope. But the, you know, the offense had a great night. The Giants had 17 hits. They struck out only 
uh, eight times and they walked seven times. Seven walks and 17 hits. And you obviously had the very unfortunate, you know, batters hit by pitches as well. I think, I think I can't find it, but I think it was just, no, yeah, wait. Yes, I'm sorry. Excuse me. For the Giants, just Hanniger was hit by a pitch, obviously, very unfortunately for him. But what can you say? Just a great night for the offense against a struggling Cardinals team. But as I've said, coming into the series and yesterday or actually this morning, I said it, they're not your typical fifth place team. They're just playing uncharacteristically poorly and you just want to kick them while they're down. And the Giants are going to go for the sweep on Wednesday with another very likely major league debut to be excited about. And there's been a lot of them. And a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about Keaton Wynn made his major league debut in this game. And we've seen just a ton of them this year. And I called it. I mean, I was saying before the season started, all these people were down on the farm system because these prospect rank ranking publications said that they didn't have a great farm system or whatever, or that, they, they didn't have as many top 100 prospects as the Dodgers or, and the Diamondbacks. but And I get it. The Diamondbacks have used that to have a great start to their season. But like the contributions of Patrick Bailey, I'll, I'll save that conversation for later uh, when we talk about Keaton Wynn. But Patrick Bailey had another really nice game tonight. And, we're gonna, and Matos is going to give him a shot to have another key contributor who's very, I mean, he's very young, much younger than these other guys even. And so I just wanted to mention the Giants like position in the standings and the fact that they've pulled three games over 500. I do believe that that is the most they've been above 500 all year at 35 and 32 uh, I think their previous high was two games over 500. I could be wrong, but I, I'm almost certain they have never been four games over 500. So tomorrow on Wednesday, going for the sweep, they'll have a shot to reach their season high. And they're going to have Discofani on the mound, Jordan Montgomery, a pretty good lefty on the mound for St. Louis. But Giants have some dangerous right-handed bats, although if, if Davis can't go, then that's definitely a big, dangerous right-handed bat that wouldn't be in the lineup. But the Giants are 35-32. and 32. They've outscored opponents on the season by 24 runs, which is the fourth best mark in Major League Baseball. I think that the Padres are still playing right now at the time of this recording, and I believe they're winning, and so that might push them past the Giants, but either fourth or fifth best in the National League in terms of run differential. Uh, number one is Atlanta. Number two is the Dodgers. Number three is the D-backs. And then there's the Giants at plus 24, which has an expected record of 36 and 31. So, you know, the suggestion here being that they could be even better, one win better than what their actual record is. And so that's the hope for me is that you start to just kind of pull away a little bit from this trend of hovering around 500, which is obviously last year ending at exactly 500. And then this year starting out below 500 and then finally getting to 500 and getting a little bit past it, but then coming down and going a little below and then getting back and back and forth. I just don't want to live in that land. I want, you know, if you want to be a serious contender, you got to pull away from that 500 mark. And that's, we're starting to see it at 35 and 32. So hopefully they can keep it going. The schedule does not get any easier. 
after leaving St. Louis, they're going to go to L.A., and then they're just playing like contender after contender, including the Padres, the D-backs, the Mets, the Blue Jays, and then the Mariners come to town, and then it's the Rockies. And when I say the Mariners and Rockies, that's I'm just saying, I literally just named off, I think, all the remaining teams before the all-star break and all of a sudden it's going to be the all-star break and the trade deadline so it's all happening fast and uh with that record by the way the giants are in sole possession of the third wild card spot in the national league and i think there's still some weirdness going on like the marlins are ahead of them despite uh having a negative 27 run differential so i think eventually probably the the marlins are going to regress significantly and so that's a good thing it's a good thing that the brewers have been losing a lot it's helped the giants and uh, frankly i mean the fact that the phillies and the padres and the mets who are now five games under 500 with their 400 million dollar payroll these are good things for the giants and so they're in a they're in a good spot right now and they've just got to keep it going but again the schedule gets tough coming up and so that's why you got to take advantage of this Cardinals team they're not a bad team on paper but they are reeling right now and so go for the jugular tomorrow and then you move on and have an off day and then play it might even be a four game series I don't have the schedule pulled up but they are then going to Los Angeles to play the Dodgers in LA for the first time this year so anyway coming up in just a minute Keaton Wynn made his Major League debut, and not only did he make his Major League debut, he was good, and he picked up the save, a four-out save in his Major League debut, so we'll discuss that, and just the youth movement in general, which looks to even continue further with the probable debut of Luis Matos on Wednesday, so all of that in just a minute, but first... All right, as promised, we are going to discuss Keaton Wynn's Major League debut, what it means, what this just general season has meant from a young player perspective, how I was right about, uh, I mean, I hope that, you know, if you, if you heard me saying this, I, I, I hope that you did, because it's funny, there was just so much negativity about the farm system coming into this year, and my point was that you're being so negative at exactly the wrong time, was, was what I thought. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of season left. And as we saw with Casey Schmidt, you can come up and tear it up and then fall off. And with Bailey, we haven't seen that. We've kind of seen him almost get better as it's gone on. And with Schmidt, there's still, it's not like, okay, he's a bust based on the struggles that he's had. There's just stuff to work on. So, Anyway, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, on Thursday, we're going to be breaking down the finale in St. Louis uh, and the likely Major League debut of Luis Matos, and um, it's going to be Di Scofani on the mound. It's a you know early morning game on the West, and so it'll be very interesting to see. Can the Giants... Uh, live up to that run differential and improve to 36 and 32. It would just be nice to gain that separation. Anyway, the Giants play the Cardinals on Wednesday morning at 10:15 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So yeah, Keaton Wynn. Uh, this became a blowout in favor of the Giants. Four innings by Cobb. Uh, I think he. I don't know if he 
I don't know quite why they pulled him out. He was dealing with a little bit of uh, tightness and like glute tightness or something in his last start. And so maybe that was surfacing, surfacing again. And the score at the time that they took him out was six to two giants, I think. And he had only gone four innings. So we'll see if there's anything going on there, but they went to Luke Jackson for an inning. He, you know, racked up three strikeouts in his inning of work and then the Giants tacked on three more runs. So it was nine to two and then perfect spot to bring in Keaton Wynn to make his major league debut in a, you know, relatively low stress situation. Although he said after the game, he still couldn't feel his legs. He said that in the uh, post-game interview, like on TV, and he said it in the clubhouse. So, you know, obviously nerves and adrenaline with a major league debut, but you know, he did walk three batters. I think he may have yeah, uh, hit a batter as well. He did, uh, and he gave up one earned run in four innings, but only one hit allowed, and he struck out two featuring a, a good fastball. I mean, it's in the upper mid to upper 90s fastball, although with the debut, you never know. Like, I haven't seen a lot of him pitch, and so I'm sure I could just read a scouting report or a lot of you listening or even on Twitter or whatever could tell me what his normal velocity is but adrenaline can add some miles per hour and so maybe don't expect the upper 90s so much but also the splitter he didn't have his best command as evidenced by the three walks in the outing and the hit by pitch but obviously you can see the quality of the pitches they were good and he also I feel like he mixed in another like he threw a sinker that really impressed me that I, I didn't know he had like a couple looks to the fastball not just the four seamer but also a sinker so he makes his debut. His family's there. It's a great story. Like, hope I'm assuming a lot of you have heard this, but when he showed up yesterday after being called up, it was the first time he had ever been inside of a major league baseball stadium. Not pitched in one, been in one. And, and he was pitching and he was on a team like it's an incredible kind of thing. He, he grew up in a very small town population of 198, 198 people, about four or five hours south of St. Louis. And so a lot of family was able to just make the drive up to St. Louis and they were there in the stands. And we've had a lot of that this year. We've seen the families in the stands rooting on Casey Schmidt, Patrick Bailey, uh, I don't recall if we saw Blake Sable's family. That was so long ago now. And uh, Keaton Wynn now. And and I don't know exactly if Luis Matos's family is going to be able to make it. I think there was a story I kind of glanced through and talking about his father. And he's from, you know, Matos is from Venezuela. And so obviously, I mean, if he makes it from Venezuela from tonight to tomorrow morning in St. Louis, then that's incredible. But um, we'll see if he has family there, but just basically, generally speaking, the youth movement this year, Logan Webb said it in an interview during a game this year, he said it started with Blake Sable. And I think that's a good reminder that it did start with Blake Sable. Like it, it's almost, you almost take Blake Sable for granted. And part of it is that he wasn't a giant's farmhand. They picked him up. He was a pirate's farmhand that, that was taken in the rule five draft by the reds. And then the giants just immediately traded for him, but good call on trading for him. He has been a contributor and a, he's a total rookie. I mean, when he made, when he made his giants debut, that was his major league debut. And then obviously Casey Schmidt 
who has proved to be really, really a free swinger at the plate, and he's going to have to hone that in. But he, if if you make a mistake in the zone, he can hurt you, and he did that tonight. And then he's going to give you good defense and be versatile defensively as well. And so he still has value, even though he's had his struggles at the plate. And then the episode I put out this morning was like all about kind of Patrick Bailey's coming out party and how he looks like the real deal to me. And he had two more hits in this game tonight, including a home run from the right side again, which was supposed to be the side he couldn't hit from. So... Bailey has just looked the part to me. And then defensively, we went, we went through all the metrics about how he's graded out as a good, very good framer, very good pop times, meaning like quickness from the time the ball hits his glove to the time he gets throws down to second base on steal attempts. And we witnessed that in game one of the series. So the rookies are like performing. And then we're, we haven't even mentioned Kyle Harrison, who's in AAA and you know, just racking up huge strikeout totals and was probably, I mean, he's considered their best prospect and we haven't seen him yet. And so by the end of the year, I mean, we're probably going to see Luis Matos tomorrow. It It's very probable that we'll see Kyle Harrison by the end of the year. And just think of all those debuts with Sable and Schmidt and Bailey and Wynn and Matos and Harrison. It's crazy. And like I said, people who were down on the farm system, you kind of picked a bad time because what I was saying was that their proximity to the majors was finally that they were close. I didn't even see guys like Bailey coming because he just shot through. And even Matos, like I wouldn't have said it was likely that he would debut this year, but here we are. I was talking about Kyle Harrison. I was talking about uh, Casey Schmidt. Those are kind of my two main guys, but it's been even more than that. So it's been great. I think the fan base is energized. It it energizes the team, the clubhouse, just everyone. And that's why we've been saying for years that a, a big part of the Giants turnaround is going to have to come from within. And we are in the middle of witnessing that. And it could grow even stronger with Matos and eventually Harrison as well. So anyway... It's exciting, and that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers on Thursday, we're going to be breaking down, like I said, Matos's likely MLB debut. I, I don't want to act like that's a foregone conclusion because at the time of this recording, it is not. But likely MLB debut, but mo- you know, more importantly, maybe uh, the Giants going for a sweep of the Cardinals and then going into an off day. That would just be great and a flight across the country. Uh, the Giants play the Cardinals on Wednesday morning at 10.15 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.